Have you ever wondered why you could not go from being a hearing Christian to a doing Christian? Have you ever noticed that there is a huge divide between what you hear on a Sunday and actually getting the things done that are preached? If you are anything like me, you are tired of hearing great word on a Sunday and not knowing what to do with it come Monday. This podcast will provide you with practical steps that will help you significantly grow your Christian life and put you way ahead of where you used to be and put to sleep those old frustrations of unfulfilled expectations. I am Craig Venn. And this is the Building the Kingdom Q&A podcast. Good morning, Kingdom Builders. Cool to be hanging out with you one more time. My name is Pastor Craig Venn. I am here uh, with the Building the Kingdom Q&A podcast under the watchful eye of our senior pastor and leader, Pastor Vernon Aronsa. And uh, we are broadcasting and, and uh, we are doing this from the band and on the platform of Kingdom Builders Ministries International. An amazing church which was started about 13 years ago. Uh, 14 years ago, I don't know, it's, uh, it's a while ago, um, here in Solores Pass, Helderberg Basin, Somerset West, just outside of Cape Town, Western Cape in South Africa. And uh, we've just seen extraordinary things happen over the last 13 years, 14 years, whatever it's been. And also, we have a fabulous location in uh, in Cirrus. Those of you who don't know, if you go down to your store um, and you see the Cirrus juices, that's what they're famous for. But it's a great place. Really cold in the winter, really hot in the summer. And it's people that are full of God, love the Lord, and just really want to serve Jesus. And um, we've been seeing extraordinary things happening over the last 13, 14 years. Uh, God is awesome. God is great. He's speaking through His Word. Uh, and we're gearing up for some amazing things. Let me tell you, we are gearing up for extraordinary things in the kingdom. There's a reason why this is the year 2020, the year of vision. There's something that the Lord wants us to see. If he's calling it vision and he's saying, write the vision, he's saying, put the vision in your heart so that um, he that runs may read with it. So um, this is uh, this is deeply important. This is very, very important. And I'll tell you why it's important um, is because he's getting us ready to run with something. OK, he's, he's, he's truly getting us ready to run. Um, there's a reason. why. So he says um, in Habakkuk, he says uh, that he that reads it may run with it. So he said, make it plain, make it clear, get the vision, see what it is. Um, I'm teaching you to see so that you can see the vision um, so that you can run. That's as simple as that gets. That's amazing. That stuff is just coming out of me right now. Is that is that we're getting ready to run. We're getting ready to do something great in the kingdom of God. Um, and it's already beginning to happen. And that's why the pace is picking up. There's certain things that are happening that we haven't seen before. Uh, if anybody was in the sanctuary on Sunday morning, there was a powerful move of God. The worship was, there was just this beautiful presence of Jesus. Um, during the times of worship, there was this beautiful, glorious presence of Jesus that came into the room. Uh, and and um, and when His presence shows up, anything's possible, right? And anything um, anything could happen. And, and literally a whole bunch of stuff is starting to happen. And it's just amazing to be a part of. So I'm excited about it. I want to talk to you today about something, um, uh, something that I, I, kind of running off what pastor was preaching on, on Sunday. And, and that's, that's what this, uh, podcast is about is learning how to practically apply what was preached on Sunday. I don't want to do other stuff. Um, I don't want to do like get deep. Uh, or anything like that. I just want to really break down um, uh, what was preached on Sunday and then build it back up uh, so that we know how to apply that stuff. Let's do this.
great, exciting times ahead of us. Great, exciting times ahead of us. And you know, let me tell you, um, what I was, what I was just getting ready for this. I was actually thinking, I was sitting somewhere and I was thinking, um, you know, part of the gifting that I bring to KBM, one of the, the the giftings that I bring along with everybody else, everybody's bringing a gifting towards a vision, right? So there's a vision. We see the vision. And then um, we don't just attend church, but we've got to bring our giftings to the table so that the vision can be accomplished. The vision is seen by the visionary and, and communicated by the visionary. So he sees the vision and then he starts to communicate that vision and helps, helps everybody to see um, what that vision is. But the accomplishing of that vision belongs to every person that is actually there. When you bring your gifting towards that vision, you actually own equity in the vision. Um, on a spiritual level, you actually own a part of the equity in that vision um, so that you're actually taking, taking ownership of it. It's actually quite an amazing um, process. Um, but I was sitting um, and, and I was thinking about um, um, like part of my gifting and what I bring is to take what is preached on a Sunday and then, and then kind of just break that down a little bit uh, because pastor will get up and declare and he'll say, this is, this is what the Lord is telling me. And he'll preach that thing into your spirit and you'll know you've heard, you know, you've seen. Um, and then my job is to come on the back end of that. Uh, part of my job is to come on the back end of that and just maybe simplify it a little bit and help you take next steps um, to, to understand and to motivate you actually to take next steps as well. Because it's not good enough just to hear you actually got to go do something. Now, uh, when, when I started thinking about that breaking the breaking it down situation, um, I, I'm one of those people, I want to know how a thing works. I used to have a train set when I was a little boy. My mom and dad bought me a train set. I've never seen a train set again, but I love these things. Um, I don't know if you, any of you remember, we, there was scale electrics. We had these little cars that, that you'd build. Um, you'd actually build a racetrack out of these plastic little things that you'd put together. And it was electronic. And you had a remote and you pressed it and this car would race around your little racetrack. And if you, you had to slow down into the corners because I kept on going too fast through the corners and my car would fly off the track. Um, we had those, but we also had, had, um, had train sets. So you'd have to actually build uh, your little train track and then you had this steam train or it was actually made of electricity and or powered by electricity and you put it on the track and then it would just run along the track, right? But inquiring minds, uh, they look at that thing and they see it whole and they say, I wonder how it works, right? So you start taking it apart. As a little kid, you start, okay, how does it work? So you start taking it apart and breaking it down and breaking it down and breaking it down until it's completely in like, like a million different pieces, a ton of pieces in front of you, just everywhere. There's pieces of my train is everywhere. Um, and now... I go, oh, so, like, I don't know what that part does, but I see, like, that's a thing. And I see, I don't know what that part does, but I see that's a thing. Okay. And then you, you understand, I see everything that's on the inside of the thing. Okay. Now let me put it all back together. And so you start putting the whole thing back together. So you know how to put it, break it down and put it back together. So you get more of an understanding of how it actually works. Only problem is when I would put my train set back together, and I love my train set, when I put it back together, I had parts left over. That sucks. Uh, there's not supposed to be parts left over. I'm sure those parts are important. Um, but but the actual moral of the story is that I got a better understanding of how it worked because I broke it down. I actually took it took it 
apart. I, I pulled it to pieces. Now, I wish I could say that as I grew up, that kind of went away, but it didn't. Um, because then there was a day when, um, like, I needed transport. I was 16, I was 15, 16 years old, and I needed transport um, because um, I had to get to school, and um, I was working a casual job at that time, and I was, like, earning my own money, and I was doing all this, like, all this stuff going on, and... Um, uh, my parents are busy professional people, um, so I, I was out there uh, and I needed um, I needed transport. So I got a motorbike. All right, there was um, a lot of arm twisting and begging and pleading, and eventually I got a motorbike. And um, um, I looked at my motorbike and I had flashback moments of my train set, and I was thinking, I wonder how this thing works. And so the temptation was there to break the whole thing down. And my brother was really good at this. It was, when it comes to mechanical things, that's where my brother really functions. Um, he, he, he would like break down the whole thing. Um, I, I knew how to break down other stuff, but he would like break down, even my train set, like my train set, he'd break it down into pieces and then build it up and have pieces left over. And he'd do the same thing with motorbikes. And he'd like just strip them to pieces and then put it back together and um, just like pieces left over. But he understood how they worked. I had no clue, but he, he would break it down. And, and uh, he understood how it worked. And as I've grown and as I've walked on um, in the things of God, I've learned that if I want to really understand uh, how a thing works, I actually got to break it down. I actually got to completely strip it down um, and then try and rebuild it. So strip it all down to its most fundamental pieces, right? Uh, take it like take off the cover and take out this this part and take out the, this thing and take out that thing until it's in its most fundamental pieces, most basic pieces, um, the building blocks of that thing. Um, and then try and put it all back together again. And then I understand how it fits together and how it actually functions and what its capabilities are. So um, now when I do that with scriptural stuff, um, it's it's important for me to break certain things down into most fundamental pieces, like the basic building blocks of of what we believe, and then build it all up together again, um, and then I understand how that thing works, right? So I, I go through the whole process. I understand, okay, that's how that thing works, and then I, I have to practically apply it to make sure that it actually does work. I have to have a strategy, practically apply this concept, this doctrine, to see that it actually does work. And then um, what you have to do is is um, you have to show somebody else how that works. Um, now, this is this is a vitally important part of what we do, because that's how um, I understand that I know something is when I explain it to somebody else. I can do this all in my head. I can write it out in a piece of paper and I can understand how 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 that whole thing works but what's the point of me understanding how it all, all works unless i give it to somebody else and say okay don't worry about breaking this all down um yourself because it's going to take you forever um because it took me like really long and i really had to think about things and for some other reason i had the time to think about this but i see you're busy so let me show you how it works let me break it down for you um quickly i'll show you like the whole thing and then i'm going to build it back up again for you so i'm going to take um, I'm going to take Pastor's message, and that's the thing. That's the completed product. Pr product, right? That's that's what it is. That's the motorbike. That's the that's the uh, scale electric set. That's the that's the train set. That that is there. It's the finished product. It works. We know it works. We trust that it works. 
when we got it in the box, we turned it on, it works. We saw it work on Sunday morning when you preached it, it works, okay? So we don't have any like question that what pastor preaches is actually valid and it's, it's, we know that. Uh, we saw the miracles, we felt the presence of God. Okay, cool. So it's, it's endorsed, it's authentic, it's legitimate. Okay, but how does it work and how do I make it work for me? Um, that's, that's super important because that is the, 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 the divide and that is the step that we need to take of understanding how, how to make what we heard on Sunday and uh, apply and work in my life. Okay. How, how do I get to do that? How do I, how do I rebuild the situation into my life so that I'm actually building my life based on what I've heard on a Sunday morning? And, 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 um, if we don't do that, if we don't do that, then it's always just a good message. If we don't have that thing broken down for us and understand the ones and twos, and, and, and we don't understand um, the lines and the precepts, and we don't understand actually how it all fits together, um, then it always it will always just be a good message. But if we find out the practical steps and the next steps that we need to take in, 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 um, in actually actioning, uh, what we've heard, it's always just going to be like that. And 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 I'm like you heard in in um you heard in the intro to this podcast. If you're anything like me, I'm tired of that. I don't just want a good message. I've heard thousands of good messages. Like literally, I've heard thousands of good messages. But that word, the Bible says the word became flesh. Um, the word actually has to become something in my life. I actually have to take that word on a Sunday. And I have to, I have to take it. And, and how do I make that a part of my life? How do I do that? that that's a, that's not easy to do. The word has to become flesh. And I, understanding that just based on that, there's going to be some opposition. The enemy is going to try and steal the word from me. Number one, my character is going to try and choke out that word. Number two. Uh, the cares of this world and, and the deceitfulness of riches is going to come after that thing, number three. And only a small portion of whatever is received is actually going to produce, number four. That all is going to happen. And then also something that's very, very important is the Bible says the, the, the word became flesh. Um, and he came into his own, but his own received him not. So there's that opposition that's coming as well. So you've really, really, really got to want to do this. You've really, 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 really got to want to be successful in the things of God to actually be able to do that. And like I said the other day, or in the, in, in the previous podcast uh, episode, what I said was the, the only the people that are really good some, at something are, or, or that are world classes at something are masters of the fundamentals. They've become really, really good at the basic stuff. They're not good at the flashy stuff. The flashy stuff is just skills. That's just that's just giftings and that just looks good. But we're not looking for stuff that is spectacular. We're looking for some, something that's actually supernatural. We're looking for the truth. We don't want to find stuff that's spectacular that pleases the eyes. We want something that's actually the truth that actually gets the job done. And that those people are people who are masters of the fundamentals. They've gotten really good at the basics of this journey called Christianity. They've got what are the basics, the fundamentals, they break down everything into the basic, most basic, basic form so that I can understand how it works. Once I've understood how it works, I know how to build it into my life so that I can make it work. So that I don't have to keep on getting advice from you. Get this now, this is important, because every time you get advice from me, 
You still need me. Because I can tell you what to do in your situation, but that doesn't bring maturity. You get advice. I show you what to do, or pastor shows you what to do, or any one of the other pastoral team, they show you what to do. You go do it. You gain experience, but that's where it stops. Guess what happens when the next crisis happens? You need to come back again and find out something. That's not, that's not good um, or mature Christianity. What's great Christianity is not great advice. It's great education. So that you become, because true, real education, what does it do? It transforms. So that you can make your own, your own spiritually sound, godly, well-placed decisions that are going to powerfully impact your life. And all that you then need is accountability to your man of God. I just gave you, I just gave you the purest, purest gold that could change your life. Okay? you got to really want an education in the things of God. You can't just want advice. Pastor, tell me what to do here. Tell me what to do. Tell me to, 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 to pastor. No, 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 no. Um, I, stop, stop that thing. Pastor, this is what you should be. Pastor, what are you studying at the moment? Pastor, what is the Lord telling you? Pastor, what, what is going on in your spirit, man, regarding this issue? Because if you change your focus, let me, I've, I've said this so many times, if you want to understand your man of God, if you want to understand who that man is, and then don't study him, okay? Don't study him. And so, so many be like, oh, he's doing this or he's doing that. Don't study him. Study his focus. Try and get in his head and figure out what is, what is pastor focusing on? What is that thing? Because if I get that focus, if, if him and I are looking at the same thing, then we're going to move in the same direction. Then I'm understanding what he's understanding. Then he doesn't have to beg me the whole time to do this. or He doesn't have to tell me every five minutes what to do and where to go. And No, no, no. I am seeing what you're seeing and I'm understanding. Now, if, if you want to walk together and accomplish that vision that he sees, then guess what? You have to become consumed with the same thing that is consuming him. You have to gain ownership in the vision that he sees. Once you see that vision... And you get the vision, and you own the vision, and you buy into the vision. Guess what? He doesn't have to beg you every five minutes and tell you every five minutes what to do. Guess what? You just you're a, you're a step ahead of the curve. You're way ahead of the curve. Whatever's going on, you can just go and get it. You can just go and say, okay, this is the next thing that Pastor's going to need for that. This is the next thing that KBM's going to need for that. This is the next thing. We're ahead of the curve because we see the vision. We've bought into the vision. We know what it's going to take. We don't have to be overcorrected and overtold every time what to do. And 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 that is so super important to be able to get the vision done. But that doesn't come easy. That comes by being proactive. It comes by having uh, or, or walking in a way uh, that you don't always have to be corrected about issues. This is important. And this came up to me. Um, I, was, I was thinking about this. Uh, I don't know if it was yesterday. I don't know where it is. But, but I was sitting there thinking, you know, every now and again, we just, we, I see these youngsters come up to pastor, pastor, you know, correct me anytime you want. And, and speak into my life, and it's great, and I, I love that. I love it that, that the young guys are coming to pastor, um, and um, the people that are coming are meaning business and serious. And, and I say, all right, all right, um, young man, young woman, I'm just going to have to um, help you with this, because you shouldn't be there where if if you're coming to pastor and and making a commitment and saying I want to, I want to, I want to be more than I am right now. Um, I need 
I need a, a greater level of input into my life. Um, and because I believe there's a, there's a calling and I have an assignment in the kingdom of God. I want to do something great in the kingdom and I want to be there, but I'm going to need, I'm going to need, um, I'm going to need your input on these issues. Um, and then they say this they say, anytime I'm doing anything wrong, please tell me. And I go, Oh brother, really? You're going to break down, um, what pasta has to do in your life. You're going to break that down to correction. Okay, and, and uh, get, don't get me wrong, I got no problem with you wanting correction. It's way better than people that are living in rebellion and don't want correction. I get it. But if, if you're going to force pastor or your leader or whoever it is to have to talk to you about issues in your life, then when are you ever going to get to the things of progress and moving forward? You're not going to be able to get there. Okay? So if you want fluid... Um, forward movement in your life, then guess what's going to have to happen? You're going to have to become a self-corrector. You're going to have to live in a place where you... If, if I am wanting to be in the presence of a great man of God, like, like Pastor Vernon, or wh wherever you're hearing this from um, around the world, wherever, wherever you're listening to this, your pastor, your leader, then if... I don't want to be a burden to that person. I don't want that person to feel like, oh gosh, this person is just this issue in their life that I have to correct. I don't want to have to do that. I know when I've had to correct somebody on an issue, um, it's not a comfortable situation. I don't want to have to do it, but I have to. Um, and so then a part of me kind of avoids it because, oh gosh, I've got to do this. Now I've got to correct this person. Oh, I don't want to do this, but I've got to do it. But you know the people that are that I watch and that I go, oh gosh, this is amazing. This, I, I just absolutely love this person that is self-correcting. I never have to tell them, do this or stop doing that. or I, I never have to tell them that stuff. I might see the issue and then a month later, I know that issue is not there because they've corrected it. They've done what was necessary to fix the issue. That's a self-corrector and that's somebody that's ahead of the curve. And I can guarantee you one thing, that, that is somebody that has a close relationship with the presence of God, and he's a very pleasing person to be around because I never have to feel the burden of having to to correct you and give you a hiding and say, oh, I got to do this. I hate doing this, but I got to do it because um, it's my responsibility in the kingdom. And that kind of person is very attractive, very, very attractive person to be around. You just feel like, okay, you are so welcome in my presence because I know um, I'm not going to have to go through this whole process of having to correct and fix. If you're a self-corrector, you're in that place, then I can guarantee you one thing. You're going to attract some great anointings into your life. Um, through, you're going to be very welcome in the presence of greatness uh, because you're never going to force your pastor or your leader or whoever that is to be long-suffering with you. You're never going to have to force them to be patient with you because you're going to know that this issue in my life, I have to correct it. I have to fix it. Um, and I don't need my pastor to tell me that I've got the Spirit of God that's telling me, fix that thing. That thing's not right. I've got the Word of God telling me, fix that thing. And let me tell you something. Let me tell you something before I move on to my point here. Um, 
when your pastor comes and tells you that there's an issue that needs to be corrected, that's that's God's last resort when talking to you. Do you understand that? That's the last thing he's going to do. That's the, the, the last resort is getting somebody to come and talk to you about your character or about an issue that you're, not, that you're doing that you're not supposed to be doing. That's the last. After that, there's no more, there's no more grace. Okay? Then what happens? If you don't listen to your pastor, what's going to actually happen is he's going to give you over to life to teach you a lesson. He's going to make, it's, then pain becomes your teacher. Pain then becomes your teacher. And that is not God's will for your life, is for pain to be your teacher. He didn't want pain to teach you. He wants the ultimate thing that the, that the Lord wants to use to teach you is His Word and the Spirit of God. He wants you to listen to the Holy Ghost. He wants you to listen to the Word of God. Those are the primary teachers. Those are the primary educators in your life is the Word of God and the Spirit of God. That's why people that have a strong prayer life, have a strong word life, are people that you don't really find that you have to correct much because they're self-correctors. And the Word and the Spirit of God, the comfort of the Scriptures, the, the great comfort of the Holy Ghost is teaching and educating and leading. Um, and, and, and that way, when they teach and they educate and they do what, they're, 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 what they functionally do in your life, you never feel the slap of correction from a man of God. You never feel the pain because when a man of God corrects you, it's embarrassing. Feeling that's that's embarrassing. It's a slap. It's a. It's like you tempted to get offended. There's all these emotions going. You got to subdue your spirit. You got to you got to just really rein in all your emotions because you want to get upset because you're corrected an issue, and the reason why you upset is because you know you're wrong. <laughs> you know you're wrong. You know you're wrong, and that's why. You're getting upset is because you're embarrassed okay and the the only way the only way to avoid that situation is to stay tuned into the holy ghost to your prayer life and stay in the word of god and allow the scriptures and the spirit of god to correct you in that place that's the primary educators of your life um when your man of god or any or somebody has to come up to you and say hey this issue in your life is out of order that's the last resort that's the last thing that the Lord's going to do. The rest then he's going to hand you over to pain. And he's going to let pain teach you. And that's not what he wanted. The only reason why pain is going to teach you is because you're not listening to anybody else. That's not what he wanted. He, the Lord just says, okay, we'll do it your way then. That's not my way. I didn't want you to have to learn this way. But if you keep on messing around there, you're going to get yourself into trouble. Okay? Stop doing that. You're going to get yourself into, into trouble. Stop doing this. You're going to get yourself. You don't listen through the Spirit of God and the Word of God. All right. Your pastor is going to, uh, or a praying good man of God is going to hear from the Lord. He's going to watch your character and know, hey, somebody's out of order here. And now, oh, i got to go and correct this. I so don't want to do this. And he's going to do it. And it's going to be embarrassing for you. And you're going to get upset and offended. You're going to go through your whole thing. You might take it, but it's, it's like you really feel the sting of that slap. And then you might get corrected. Or you just go the other way and you just get, you just kind of drift off into never, never land. And it's just terrible. It's just a horrible way to have to learn lessons. Now, any sheep that keeps wandering off, do you know what the shepherd does when a sheep keeps wandering off? Sheep keeps wandering off. Keep on having to call them back that sheep. Keeps on calling back that sheep. Keep on calling that, that sheep back. They wander off. They get close to the cliff. The only reason why a shepherd wants the sheep in the herd is because that's where the safety is. I can look after you if you're here in front of me, if I know where you are. But if you keep on wandering off, I can't look after you. The wolves, the cliffs, everything. 
I keep on having to beat you. I keep on having to rein you in and get the crook and hook you in. And I have to, but if you keep on wandering off, can I tell you what a shepherd does? He breaks your leg. That's what shepherds do. If you go do some study, if a sheep just keeps on running, what they do to make sure that sheep doesn't run off, breaks its leg. Now it can't run off and it's painful. It's upsetting. It's, and I know you're thinking, oh my gosh, pastor's not going to break my leg. No, nope, he's not going to do it. He's not going to go. He's not going to cause you personal injury. But let me tell you something. The Spirit of God would rather you have a broken leg than a broken life. And the, the, some of the pain you're going through right now, some of the issues that you're going through, some of the restrictions that you feel like you're going through right now is nothing short. Some of the, some of the, the handicaps that you feel that you have in life at the moment are nothing le less than a broken leg because you would not stop wandering off. You just decided you know better. You kept on wandering off and you kept on wandering off and you kept on wandering off. Suddenly you come back handicapped. Whew. Do you know why? You wandered off too many times. The Spirit of God didn't break your leg. Life broke your leg and now you can't go anywhere anyway. He's going to carry you. Don't you worry. He's going to carry you so long as you stay close to the herd. He's going to carry you. But it's costly. Now, my definition for success is the ability to bear pain. My definition for success is the ability to bear pain. You are on your way to somewhere. There is a vision that you have seen. You have seen the vision. That's why you're in the year of vision. 2020 is the year of vision. You've seen it. You've bought into it. There is a vision. There's something that you want to accomplish. There's something that you want. My definition of success in getting that thing is the ability to bear pain. How much are you willing to go through to get what you want? I said it yesterday. Um... Life isn't about how hard you can punch. Life is about how hard you can get punched and keep moving forward. Go get it.